Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fangirl Chat. Trisha Barr is not with us tonight. I am Teresa Delgado, but with us instead is another Harry Potter fan, just like me, Bethany Blanton from the Star Wars Report. Hey, Bethany. Hey, Teresa. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I, I will say you and Aaron actually both had an influence in me eventually, finally watching the Harry Potter films a couple years ago. So uh, thanks for that. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, I think I know more people who have watched the films but haven't actually read the books because I know you haven't. And Aaron hasn't read them all. He's read the first one. and. Oh, okay. I know quite a few other people, like my husband, who've watched the movies but haven't read the books. And so it's just kind of interesting to me how people have gotten into Harry Potter without reading the books and being as into Harry Potter as I am. <laughs> well, hopefully at some point I'll get a chance to read the books. But I, I've never really wanted to start the series, at least during school, because I know that there are periods of time where I just don't read a lot of fiction because... I'm a poli-sci major, and that requires a ton of school reading. And with a long series like Harry Potter, it's just like, I I don't know if I want to read through something for the first time that slowly, you know. Yeah, and the problem with reading Harry Potter is that you get sucked into it to where you don't want to stop reading. So if you don't have the time, it's one of those things that will sort of drive you insane. Because you're like, but I want to read. Yes, and I have a bad habit of doing that. Yeah. So the reason we're doing this show is because of the passing of Alan Rickman. We haven't really talked about Harry Potter on Fangirl Chat yet, and I'm sad to say this is going to be the first time we're really talking about it, but I needed an outlet to discuss this to be able to deal with my emotions, and Bethany said she would come along for the ride. So Mm -hmm. we are here to kind of honor the man who... Played Severus Snape in all of the films. He was actually a really big Harry Potter fan himself. He loved all of the books, and he was very supportive of the child cast from Harry Potter. And from what I've read and heard, he will go or would go and see all of the kids that acted in things that they did like other projects. So when Daniel Radcliffe was doing plays, he would always go and see them. And stuff like that, which just shows me that he was not only a great actor, but a great person. And I don't know what you've read. Have you read some of the tributes that the Harry Potter actors have been saying for him? I've seen them, but honestly, it's it's one of those things where there have been several high-profile deaths in the, the entertainment industry recently. And honestly, I, I kind of got to the point where it's like, I don't really want to be that sad. I don't think I can take reading anymore. So I kind of, I, I mean, I know that they're there and I, I, I looked over like Daniel Radcliffe's tribute, but I haven't really looked much at the others. 
Yeah, it it got pretty it got pretty hard to keep reading them, but essentially they all said the same thing that he was a really great person, that they learned a lot from him, that he was a person who could be trusted, that he treated the kids like adults and that they really appreciated that. So I figured what we'd do is kind of talk about some of our favorite things about him playing Snape. And, Bethany, I know that he was one of your favorite characters in the films, correct? Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> so what was it about him that made him one of your favorite characters in the films? Snape was just so fascinatingly unpredictable. You know, so I, I did really like the character of Dumbledore, but it, it was almost as if I could say what Dumbledore was about to say before he actually spoke because he was he was a very predictable character. So it was nice to have that contrast in someone who wasn't the complete opposite because Snape was not necessarily a bad guy. But you you were never sure. There was always that question, is he is he working for Voldemort? Is he not? Is he truly a bad guy? Is he not? And I think it, it was that mystery in the films that I found so fascinating. Uh, that that made me like Snape and the fact that he was such a complex character. So when you come to the final movie, and I guess maybe I'm going to say the final two movies together, did it surprise you with what we find out in Deathly Hallows Part 2 about him when Harry gets his tear and he gets to see all of that? I, um... (laughs) It did. It it really did. And that's saying something because I I was prepared to have something unusual take place, but I was still surprised uh, what actually did happen. And all of a sudden, Snape's complexities made sense. You know, the fact that he, you know, he was belligerent towards Harry, but at the same time kind of looked after him. And that those attitudes made so much sense after that scene. So one of the things I've heard, and I don't know if it's actually true or not, is that J.K. Rowling actually told Alan Rickman what the ending was going to be and how Snape was going to be so that he could tailor his acting from the beginning to fit the story. And if that's true... I think he did a wonderful job with, ne- like, not leading on that he was still very much in love with Lily Potter, and he didn't give anything away, and he also didn't treat Harry any differently than he probably would have treated him, even though he was there kind of looking after him, and that that is just great acting. So if if that's the case, do you think that he did a good job as far as, you know, not giving it away? Because I'm pretty sure I kind of hated Snape most of the time. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I, I definitely think that's the case. Um, I, I was looking through Wikipedia earlier just to kind of prepare for this a little bit. And somebody else wrote an essay uh, about Harry Potter, different essays, uh, Joyce Millman. And she said that... Um, uh, Snape is the only one to really face a compelling inner crisis. I mean, we do have times where Harry or, or some of the other main characters have a personal crisis, but not necessarily as deep and as uh, dangerous, perhaps, as Snape's. Um, 
and thus Snape's uh, character, there is that need for the resolution. What happens with this crisis? And our and quote our desire to know the real Snape and to understand his choices. That makes him the most compelling character in the Potter epic. You know, he may not be the most compelling character for everybody, but I think that's a great way to put it. And Alan Rickman acted the part perfectly. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, out of all of the characters, the one that we get the most complete of a story arc, I guess I would say, would be Severus Snape. And even in the books. I mean, Harry is a great character, and he definitely goes through some ups and downs and trials and tribulations, but as a whole character, I feel like Snape is the best because he does go to the dark side, if you will, and is a follower of Voldemort and then comes back. Like, you can see his struggles and that really it's his love and that that one positive emotion that really drives everything that he does from there forward. And some of my favorite scenes actually come from the last two movies, but I will note that the very first time we see Snape in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is just a great moment because he comes crashing through the door. So it's almost like he's this really big, huge, powerful character. And then he gets very serious and quiet and he's very still and he's asking Harry all of those questions about as if Harry should know. He should know that Harry doesn't know any of that stuff because he knows Harry didn't live in the magical world. So I just think it's such a great moment. And then there's the comedy of Hermione with her hand up, uh, which would totally be me. if <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but that's definitely one of my favorite scenes in all of Harry Potter with Snape. And then I would say also the oculumency lessons when he's trying to teach Harry how to block Voldemort out. And we get that very first glimpse into a young Snape being bullied by Harry's father. And it makes you start to have feelings for Snape and realizing that maybe Harry's dad wasn't necessarily the best person all the time because he gets sort of like James Potter gets, I don't know, idolized, I guess, because of the way that Harry Potter's parents were killed and everything. So you, you start to see that real human side. Do you have yeah. any moments that sort of stand out? I, I think it, it was for me when I realized that there had to be a reason behind some of his belligerence toward Harry and the fact that, you know, Harry's the hero and he's the prodigy and he was, you know, he had a somewhat difficult childhood and so everybody kind of felt bad for him and his parents were heroes and he was set up to defeat Voldemort and he had a great wizard friend and Hermione was a wonderful friend and, you know, he had all of these other wonderful friends and going to the best magic school ever. And other than, you know, a couple of school bullies, at this point it kind of seems like Harry has his life made and at this point... All the viewers are, can be a little bit jealous, perhaps. And you realize at the same time that there's a part of Snape that he just doesn't care that Harry's this special kid with a lot of potential and that he is truly a nice guy. I mean, Harry is a good person at heart and generally a good person in his behavior. And 
Snape is like, you know what? I had a bad childhood too. I really don't give a crap and you can figure out your way. I don't have to walk on ice around you or go out of my way to help you. And so there, there was something to me that was fascinating about that because Snape allows his emotions to come through eventually. And it's in that moment when you're like, you know what? There's something else going on here. And there, and that is going to be very important in the story at some point. Because there has to be a reason that Snape doesn't like Harry. So I I don't really even know what that moment was. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, it got me thinking that the way that Snape treated Harry throughout the entire story, it's almost as if Snape knew that Harry was going to have some very specific, very dangerous challenges in his life. And that if he was babied and if he was treated as the chosen one and if he was sort of helped along that he wouldn't be successful and that he wouldn't be able to defeat Voldemort and that he wouldn't be able to do what he needed to do to survive. So I almost feel like it was, it's that tough love thing, you know, like I'm going to make you learn. I'm going to make you be better. I'm going to push you until you hate me. But when push comes to shove at the end, you're going to find out why. And I feel like that's exactly what happened when we get to the end. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like Snape does know that, and at the same time, he's internally warring with his emotions about Harry because, you know, he loved and continues to love Harry's mother and the person, and Harry's father is the person who wound up getting her, and so Harry can be a representation of that, something that perhaps makes him feel a bit bitter, Mm -hmm. Um, so... I, I think it's actually Snape's inner goodness that's warring with his uh, bitterness and his the fact that he is kind of turning into a bad guy. Uh, I, and maybe I should take the kind of out of there. <laughs> so it, it's it's he's a very complex character, and yet the way that he did wind up coming back to the light, so to speak, it, it, it reminded me a lot of. Anakin's story, only I would actually say more complex. Yeah, I would say it's it's more complex. And I feel like everything that Snape did was, even if it seems backwards, was to protect Harry. And I think that the way that Alan Rickman portrayed that was such a big sign of that. He he had these moments where there was just certain looks on his face or things like that, the way he interacted with Daniel Radcliffe that just once you knew the story, you could go back and you could see where Alan Rickman would have these moments of time where it was like in real life, like he was taking care of Daniel Radcliffe or protecting him in ways. Um, it, it, and a lot of people will say, well, he was protecting Malfoy. Well, he was, but I think he was just doing what he had to do. Yeah, it's got to be hard. It's like playing a double agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the greatness of Alan Rickman is just in the way that he delivers lines, I think. Because so many of his lines were just beautifully done. And it was like the tone and the cadence of the way he would talk and the things that he would say. He would say stuff really slow a lot. 
you know, very, Mm -hmm. very just slow and kind of like sly and sort of snake-like. And I loved that. And I've actually, we actually started rewatching the films uh, after what happened, happened the other day. And I was really watching Snape scenes to sort of see, like, pay more attention to it, I guess. Because I guess I get so wrapped up in the story that I'm like, oh, I don't like you. You know, even though I like I like him quite a bit. Now, <laughs> how did did it hit you kind of hard when he when they you saw it on the news in the morning, or were you just like, oh, that's really sad? I, I was kind of more like, oh, that's really sad, because I, I don't remember exactly what I was doing at the time. But I've had a really crazy week with school. Uh, like my entire school schedule had to be changed around and everything, so it took a little bit of time for it to kind of sink in and be like. Oh, man. You know, when I think of all the different movies I've seen him in, all of those different moments he had as Snape that just made me like the character so much. (laughs) Um, And I'm not usually a bad guy loving character, so. (laughs) (laughs) I am. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I I would say Darth Maul's kind of an exception for me, but uh, the... Even his character as Colonel Brandon in the Pride and Prejudice series. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite films. And his character in that movie is one of my favorites as well. He's just, or he was just a fantastic actor. And so I think once it sunk, sunk in, then it was harder. Yeah, I was one of those people that as soon as I read it, it kind of took me a minute. And then I read a little bit more and read it on another news website. And then all of a sudden, like, the tears just started coming out. And they didn't stop for a good long while. And my poor husband didn't know what to do because I was so distraught. And I got really mad because I couldn't oh. find my I couldn't find my Slytherin shirt, which I used to have one. And I apparently don't have it anymore. And so I was wearing all of my Hufflepuff stuff and... Uh, it was just, it was really, it was a hard day, but you said, so other roles that you've seen him in, so you like him in the Pride and Prejudice stuff. Oh yeah. I love that film. And I love Colonel Brandon, his character in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's a line in the film where, where somebody exclaims, Colonel Brandon. And it just kind of describes the way everybody feels when he walks in the room. It's just this sort of awe because Colonel Brandon's here. And, and again, he pulls that off lawlessly um but even like he's in the new alice in wonderland films mm-hmm. um yep. as the voice of the blue caterpillar and that cracks me up a lot he just i mean he does such a fantastic job of anything i've seen him in like i can't ever say oh that one movie with alan rickman i saw he didn't do such a good job in that film i mean there is no film like that at least that i've seen no I'm, i don't know if you've seen sweeney todd with Johnny Depp, uh, but in that one, it was great, because the Sweeney Todd story is such an interesting story, and he plays the judge that actually sends Johnny Depp's character off to jail for a murder that he didn't commit, and he takes his wife as his prize, Johnny Depp's wife, Um uh- and so there's this really interesting dynamic between Johnny Depp and Alan Rickman's character that's quite hilarious and also very dark. And he did really great in that. Um, Alan Rickman's breakthrough role is in Die Hard. 
which I only recently saw. I was never really a person who wanted to watch Die Hard, but I watched it, and it was really good. Uh, I know a lot of people know him from, oh, I want to say, like, Galaxy Quest or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was actually mistaken. I, I've been saying Pride and Prejudice. I meant to say Sense and Sensibility. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. But isn't Sense and Sensibility based off of Pride and Prejudice? Um, no, it's 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 a book by the same author who wrote okay. Pride and Prejudice. So it's, it's what a Jane Austen book turned into a movie. But he also was the Sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood, oh, Prince right. of Thieves. And that right. was... That was that was a fun movie. Yeah, I can't. That movie scares me. Me and Steve, <laughs> me and Steve talk about it because that movie. There was some when I saw it. I was really young when I saw it for the first time, and there are some scenes in that movie that scared me. So I have a really hard time watching Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, even today. Really? But, yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's one of those weird weird movies. Um, but, yeah, Alan Rickman as an actor, like, there's just so much I didn't even realize that he did. I didn't even know. I, once I looked up his IMDb, I was reminded. But I didn't know, like, that he had done the Blue Caterpillar's voice. And I was like, wait, yes, I did know that. But it was mm-hmm. something that I had to I had to kind of, like, remind myself of. So the one thing that kind of strikes me is that as wonderful of an actor as he is... He never really won awards. He never had, never got an Oscar, and he only got one Golden Globe, which sort of strikes me because I feel like he really deserved it for so much of the stuff that he's done. Um, One of the movies I really like him in is Love Actually, and that one... I haven't seen that. Love Actually is really good. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it was... He plays kind of a scoundrelly character that is married, and he he's married to Emma Thompson, actually, and he uh, cheats on his wife and then chooses not to go with the mistress, basically. But it's, uh, it's really interesting oh. to see him in that kind of a role because it's so different. Um, and then... Yeah, oh, I know a lot of people know him as Metatron from Dogma, which I've seen Dogma (laughs) maybe, like, once. So, you know, it's just, he played, he was a good actor, basically, all in all. And a lot of the people who came, who played in Harry Potter, I think there was maybe, like, 12 or 15 adult actors in Harry Potter that all came from the same acting school in the U.K., so really? people like um, Peter Pettigrew, uh, Gilderoy Lockhart, I think maybe Lupin. I don't remember all of them, but they all came from the same acting school, which makes sense because there's so many great British actors in Harry Potter. I feel like they like exhausted the list of British actors. Oh, yes. Yes. So, all in all, you're an Alan Rickman fan. Definitely. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, I guess just to wrap this up, if you had to pick one scene that you really like, and I know all the films mush together for you, which is totally fine, but if you had to pick one scene, which one sticks out from Harry Potter? Oh, I would honestly have to say his death scene. It, it was so moving to me, and 
I think that was the one point in the Harry Potter films where I kind of teared up some. Um, just because it, it, it's finally, you see what a flawed character he is, but in the end, that he does turn out to be such a good character with such an important role. Um, and the fact that Harry does forgive him and come to see him as uh, essentially a hero, even though he wasn't for a significant portion of the series, makes that scene even more moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about for you? For me, it's kind of a tie between his death scene and then also the scene where he makes the unbreakable vow with the Malfoys and with, um, oh, what's her name? God, I can't stand her character either. Bellatrix in the room. (laughs) Because that was a moment where he had to prove that he was on Voldemort's side and that he wasn't just messing around and that he had courage and that he could do what needed to be done. And it was at that moment for me, because I had read the books, it was at that moment that when I saw that acting being done, I was like, okay, this is going to be really good because I knew what was going to happen. I was lucky because I knew or not. I'm not really sure. I don't know Hmm. as being a reader of the books and knowing what was going to happen before the films. It's kind of weird because I don't think I had that same emotional moment that you did at the end. It made me really sad, and I was crying. But I think it was a different, a different feeling. So That makes sense, yeah. So it's kind of, it's really like, it's really between those two. Those are real, both really powerful scenes for me. So I would recommend, though, when you do get a chance, you need to read them. Because the Snape in the books is even more complex than the Snape we see on in on screen, but in a really good way. And you can see where Alan Rickman actually did read the books because people like, oh, I can't remember his name, but the guy that plays uh, Harry's uncle, my brain is, uh, my brain is fried right now. Uh, or his Harry's, oh, yeah. Harry's yeah. godfather. Harry's uncle, Harry's godfather, uh, he did not read the books and didn't want to read the books because he didn't want that to influence his character. Serious. No, man, serious black. So he didn't read them at all, whereas Alan Rickman did read the books. So So what's going on with the Star Wars report right now, and what are you up to, and can people find you online doing stuff right now? (laughs) Well... Over at starsreport.com, we have our main podcast where you can find me quite often, as well as a number of other podcasts, uh, like a a, a little podcast known as uh, Star Wars Bookworms that yours (laughs) truly, Teresa, is on. Um, And you can find me on Twitter at Bethany L. Blanton. Well, you just did a really awesome episode of the of Cloud City Casino where you played a bounty hunter for (laughs) chocolate. I did, yes. (laughs) <laughs> Which, by the way, that's like a perfect snapshot of my character. <laughs> Easily swayed by chocolate chip cookies. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on, and we'll have you back on for something else in the future. But thanks for doing this with me, because I needed to get the emotions out. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. And, um, you know, we we lost a fantastic actor and 
from, I mean, obviously I didn't know him personally, but someone who seems like he was a great man as well. Right. I agree. Well, if you want to find the show online, you can. We are on iTunes. We have our own feed, so please go over there and rate and review the show for us so more people can find it. If you want to interact with me and Trisha, who's usually here, just head on over to the Fangirls Going Rogue Facebook page. We kind of post everything there. So Fangirls Going Rogue on Facebook. You can also interact with us on the Fangirls Going Rogue Twitter page, which is at FG going rogue you can also see everything that we're up to on fangirlblog.com and fangirlnextdoor.com so until next time we will what should be the thing the close out i never know i change the close out for this show all the time and so now i'm trying to think of a harry potter one <laughs> um oh i don't know i don't know i'm losing it but we will talk to you guys next time and thanks for joining us bye bye